There are many ways people listen to vision, including through a PC at work. When you fire up your computer at work, go to vision.org.au slash listen and click the Vision or V180 Listen Live buttons. You can also catch the latest Vision National News Bulletin and enjoy a growing range of on-demand podcasts from the same page all while you work. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Well, Ashley Saunders is the National Director of Family Voice Australia. He has been to church this morning because a church service that coincides with the start of the sitting of the South Australian Parliament. Ashley Saunders back with us. Hello, Ashley. Welcome along. Uh, Thanks. Good to be with you, Neil. Actually, this is something that happens oftentimes at the start of the sittings of federal parliament where we'll often see on the television uh, national uh, leaders are on their way to church before parliamentary sittings. I wasn't sure that it happened with all the state parliaments around the nation, but it does happen in South Australia. You've been to church this morning. What happened? Uh, Yes, I have. I've been there and uh, the special guest of honour was the governor of South Australia and his wife. Um, Probably about a dozen to 20... um, Members of Parliament were there as well. Uh, In addition to singing some songs of faith and uh, praying, uh, there were some words from the leader of the Australian Christian Churches uh, movement in South Australia, words of hope uh, from Isaiah about uh, looking to the Lord and seeing what new things he is doing amongst us. It's interesting when I picture politicians sitting in church, and I imagine it's a little bit like uh, what you might find at a wedding. You've got uh, you've got p- politicians of one flavour sitting one side, and others on the other side. Or is it, or is it not like that? Does everybody just sit wherever they like? Um, I got the impression that people were just uh, sitting wherever they liked, and certainly at one point in the service, what I thought was a good touch was that those. Uh, MPs who were there were at one stage asked to come forward and uh, Mike Mills, who heads up the Baptist uh, movement in South Australia, not only prayed for them, but on behalf of what they call the leader of Christian churches in South Australia, gave each of them a book uh, to read and uh, to encourage them in the year ahead. Well, I know that our Commonwealth Parliament uh, always starts with prayer each day, and uh, I'm always excited to hear that prayer. Sometimes uh, the Speaker rattles through it. Uh, But do the state parliaments all open in prayer, or uh, does the South Australian uh, Parliament open in prayer? Uh, Prayer continues to be a feature of Parliament, and uh, rightly so. Um, And it's not just about respecting our heritage. We often hear that kind of language, that it's about respecting our heritage. And that gives the impression, wrongly, I think, that uh, Christianity uh, is only something to do with the past. Uh, Let me tell you one of the prayers that we prayed this morning. I I really loved it. Um, It acknowledged that God is the ruler of the nations. And uh, we prayed for the parliament of the state. And we asked that the Lord would direct their work and influence their decisions to the advancement of his glory and the safety and welfare of our state. What a great prayer to pray, uh, recognising that God is the ruler of nations, whether the nations recognise him or not, and asking him to bless 
the decision-making process for the good of the people over whom those people govern. Ashley, the turnout today, uh, were there a, a, a good smattering of politicians uh, from uh, those who are holding ministry portfolios to backbenchers? Uh, were there a, a good turnout of, of MPs from the South Australian Parliament there? I would say somewhere between about 12 and 20, so not a particularly good turnout. Uh, This is the first such service I've attended uh, in South Australia, only having started uh, in this role 11 weeks ago. Um, And uh, I'm told that the turnout today was slightly lower than than usual. The highest ranking um, parliamentarian who was there was the leader of the opposition. Um, And uh, I get the impression that all the others who were there uh, were at best parliamentary secretaries or backbenchers. Sometimes we talk about the relationship between church and state. Uh, There is a sense, isn't there, that uh, when we have uh, the state uh, coming to church, there is an acknowledgement that there is good relationship there. Uh, What sort of things do you think we ought to be thinking about when it comes to the relationship between our parliaments and the church? Neil, I find that there is a lot of confusion, both amongst Christians but also amongst people who are not Christian involved in the parliamentary process. And so that uh, sometimes this idea of the separation of church and state is taken to mean that somehow or other I need to leave my religion at home. Uh, As we spoke last week when I was in the studio, faith is meant to be something that's lived out. It's meant to be something that impacts not only who I am but how I think and what I do. And uh, the idea of the separation of the church and state, uh, a doctrine that I personally believe in, uh, is something that enables the church to have a powerful prophetic voice to the state. Because when there is no separation, instead of the church somehow sanctifying the state, what happens is that the state corrupts the church. That's That's what's happened through history when there has been no separation. And so that separation is important so that the church can speak powerfully to the state and can have that prophetic voice under God. It's interesting, though, when you talk about the church appearing to be something like a relic from the past, uh, maybe a hearkening back to a Christian heritage, and this idea that happens as people become potentially more secularised, the idea that it's just a hearkening back to the past, it's just a tradition that uh, that people go through. But when we bring into the present uh, those elements of Christian faith that speak into the now, uh, I, I imagine this is where oftentimes the battlefront is, Ashley, is getting uh, the perspectives that are eternal perspectives that ultimately come from God, uh, influencing the way that the state functions in our parliaments. Without a doubt, those are pressure points. Those are tensions. Um, those are, uh, I, get, I think you use the word the battleground. That's the, that's the place where you'll often find a lot of tension between um, the values that uh, God has for our nation um, and the values that um, people have who don't recognise him. And, and we need to recognise that there are some people of, uh, uh, of a Christian faith who um, seem to legitimately go in a different direction. And the question is, to what extent is that in fact shaped by scripture to what extent is that shaped by the centrality of jesus christ and to what extent is that compromise these are not only pressure points for 
politicians and for members of the community generally, uh, they are pressure points for the church as well. Well, there's probably lots more to be said on that whole issue, but let's tackle uh, a couple more other important things that are going on, getting your perspectives on current issues. Uh, We've talked in some previous conversations about the Commonwealth inquiry into freedom of religion and belief, and uh, you were making a submission to an inquiry uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, That submission date has been extended, Ashley. Yes, it has. So the... um uh, Foreign Affairs Minister Julie Bishop um, asked the um, the committee to inquire into and to report on the status of the human right to freedom of religion or belief. And she initially, uh, the way it was initially done was that submissions were called for by the 10th of February. That's last Friday. Uh, we put our submission in um, a couple of weeks before that. But the date for making submissions has now been extended until the 28th of April. And um, And so... Um, when that committee will actually take oral evidence in different capital cities, I'm not sure. There's another issue too which is important to talk about. Uh, The Senate report into same-sex marriage and religious freedom has been released and uh, I think this was yesterday, uh, the release of that document, an inquiry to consider the implications for religious freedom if... Uh, same-sex marriage were to be legislated. Have you been across the detail of what's happened in that report? I've only been able to look at it in a brief uh, detail, but uh, the committee refers to those things uh, over which there is consensus at the committee and those things which they say need further discussion. Uh, when you read further discussion, I, I think you should read uh, we have disagreed on these matters. What there is consensus about is that there should be a degree of exemption for religious practitioners. So there's, there's a recognition that there should be some degree of exemption so that religious practitioners are not forced to solemnise a wedding against their conscience. Now, I have two significant concerns with that. Firstly, I have a concern that um, there is, in fact, disagreement about whether people generally should have the ability to refuse services on the basis of conscience. I think all people should have that. The second concern that I have is the language of exemption, that somehow or other uh, we're making you religious practitioners a special case. And so it's almost like the prevailing mood is that people should be involved in this, but we'll make some exemptions. That language seems to suggest we're making you a special case rather than affirming that all people should have the right not only to believe something, but to act in accordance with their belief and conscience. There are some significant things to be unpacked in that document, and uh, I'm hopeful that I'll get an opportunity next week and uh, invite uh, some experts in, and no doubt we'll be talking with you some more about some of these things too, Ashley, because uh, the idea of getting balance Uh, is sometimes what these inquiries are about, uh, hearing everybody's sides and then trying to uh, syncretise or uh, combine everyone's thoughts and and come up with something that they hope will will suit everybody. But, uh, of course, uh, that's not always an easy process to do and and perhaps that's not even the ideal uh, way that these sorts of outcomes go because as uh, those who argue for a marriage between one man and one woman to the exclusion of all others in a lifelong uh, bond, uh, they would see that uh, coming 
under threat if there's any change to that type of definition. So, uh, so there is a certain sense in which uh, you want to hold on to what is there already in place uh, because the consequences of changing that could be really, really devastating. Uh, without a doubt. And let me say quickly, uh, Neil, something your interest, uh, your uh, listeners might be interested in, and that is that in terms of balance, um, the committee has probably picked up on something that um, the Human Rights Commission spoke about and is taking the view that somehow or other even referring to same-sex marriage is not balanced enough, that somehow or other that is not inclusive enough of transgender and intergender people, people who don't identify as any particular gender. And so in seeking to have a balance, it's almost like um, same-sex marriage is the middle position between um, uh, one that's more extreme and one that's left, uh, less extreme. And it seems to me that's a very dangerous path that the committee might be embarking on. Well, Ashley, uh, good thoughts and, in fact, uh, lots to chew on, lots to think through with uh, some of the things that you've just spoken of just uh, in that last few moments. Uh, we'll look forward to getting some further updates as things continue to unfold on these important issues. Uh, Ashley Saunders, the new National Director of Family Voice Australia, and uh, certainly, uh, Ashley, your insights are just fabulous. Thanks so much for your clarity, the way that you deliver some of these thoughts. Uh, really appreciate you taking some time to talk to us again today on 2020. Uh, thank you, Neil. It's good to be with you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.